Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for waking me up this morning and for blessing me. I also want to make sure that we give honor to those two individuals that we have recently lost. One is Congressman John Lewis. May you rest in peace. And he has done a lot as a congressman and just as a person and a human being. I also want to say rest in peace to C.T. Vivian, who also passed away at age 95. They definitely lived a long life. But with that being said, may their work and the things that they've done do not go in vain. Now, today's topic, we're going to be talking about defiance. Now, with today's episode, we're going to be addressing defiant behaviors. Now, defiant behaviors is actually more acceptable and noticeable in children, teens, even some young adults. We kind of get it. But it can also be viewed as what we consider in the field of being a therapist as obsessional or obsessional defiant disorder, meaning ODD. Now, this is whereas you see individuals that are disruptive, impulsive, have difficulties with control, and the conduct can be described as a pattern of angry, irritable mood, argumentative, or just defiant behavior. Now, it appears that we are seeing a growing numbers of adults demonstrating defiance as it relates to a number of, a lot of different situations that's going on today, especially in our world. It could be seen as how one engaged in a relationship with another. It can also, we're seeing it with children in their homes, because Bull Ryder was giving Tisha and I the blues yesterday. And in addition to that, we are seeing it now even more prevalent in wearing a mask, social distancing, and in the way individuals are protesting all over the world especially those that live in Portland. So hopefully those in Portland are okay. When we start talking about some of this, even in our politics, we talk about defying, can't nobody tell me nothing, I'm going to do what I want to do. A lot of that is just seen as outright defiance. Now, my question is, when can defiance be viewed as healthy? When is it unhealthy? And those are some of the things that I want to talk about today. And even myself, I was once considered a troublemaker because I was defiant and always getting in trouble, and sometimes I still do. But I remember a person told me, Jeanette, keep bumping your head to the white meat. And I was like, "Mm mm-mm, that hurt. So now I'm re-evaluating some things, and I would like for other people to do the same thing. Because one of the things we have to learn to do is choose our battles. Hi, Stephanie, you know you can call in. But we got to learn how to choose our battles because sometimes just being outright defiant is not getting us nowhere. Now, when we start talking about whether kids should go back to school, whether individuals should go back to work, some individuals are just taking a stand. And that's kind of what defiancy is when a person is defiant. It's an open resistance, a bold disobedience, meaning some, in some cases, I believe people don't even think it out. They just straight out say, I don't want to be told what to do. Or, like I said, that song, can't nobody tell me nothing. But if nobody can tell you anything, how do you even know you're doing the right thing? Now, when we talk about civil protesting and individuals standing for what's right and being defiant, I get it. I was listening to the one of the interviews that Oprah Winfrey did with John Lewis when she did her interview, and I recalled him saying that his mother always told him, you know, you can get yourself killed, you can go to jail, you can do all these different things, but he still decided to do what was right. And one of the things he said was being, he was good at being bad. And I found that to be quite interesting because I used to tell my mother that too when I would get in trouble, and I didn't like being told no, and I would totally, like, disagree with some things. But I also learned that it's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to disrespect. So those of you that are listening to the show, tune in, 
call in, share it with a friend, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Now, I'm going to have to go off Facebook Live because I'll be trying not to, when I put it on the stand, it kind of got me going sideways, but I'm holding this, this tripod thing, and it is no fun. So I'm about to go off, but you can also click on the link, listen to the show, and give me a call at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. So let's get going with the show. Now, when we talk about just being defiant, just outright just disobeying, just getting to the point to where you go do what you want to do no matter what somebody says, you know, that is very, very interesting. And it kind of takes me to the point of how did you get there? What made you just decide to take a particular stand on a particular issue? Is it something that you feel strongly about? Is it something that you just, you know, basically feel that you're right in some situations? Because sometimes you can be so right to your wrong. Now, when we look at all of the stuff that we're seeing, we're hearing, and like I said, it started from the top to the bottom. We're seeing it in politics. We're seeing it going on in the White House. We are watching individuals when we start talking about scientists and professionals versus politicians. And when we start talking about, and I want to just go to the straight to the, the math and the math where if it's going to be a national uh, a mandate, you know, can it get to the point to where individuals are just being so defiant and they're rebelling till it's hurting themselves and others? That's where I want to hear your thoughts. That's where I want to hear why do people feel the way that they feel in regards to taking these certain stands. Because a lot of times, you know, people just don't know. And if you don't know, it's okay to say you don't know. But why fight some things that just is not worth fighting? Now, I'm looking at some information, and when we start talking about even with um, just just being defiant and being placed on lockdown, And I want to say this. We know that we have an election coming up, and it's going to be time to vote. We're hearing a lot of things, a lot of issues in regards to whether individuals should be able to vote by mail. We're hearing so many different things. Let me log on this caller because this could be interesting. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number N22. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Michelle, for calling in. But, you know, I'm, I'm starting talking about something, not only when we're just talking about these mass mandates, but talking about voting. I have a question. Did you hear recently that the United States Supreme Court uphold a pay-to-vote um, scheme allowing Florida to impose poll tax on those with felony convictions? Did you hear about that? No, but they allowed what? We have what's called a 24th Amendment when it comes to the right Right. to vote. And a lot of individuals, because some of these things that we got going on, the only way we're going to change some of this is by voting. And that's why a lot of individuals protest and they're saying something. But this has kind of been on the low low. People haven't said much about it. But I heard it on the news. I looked it up. I did some research on it, especially as it relates to our 24th Amendment. And this is what they said, because we got so much going on in Florida, even with the spread of the coronavirus. But this was just, and it was published on Thursday, July 16th, and it says the U.S. Supreme Court uphold pay-to-vote scheme, allowing Florida to impose poll tax on those with felony convictions. This court orders prevent thousands of otherwise eligible voters for participating in Florida's primary election simply because they're poor or they don't have the money to pay off their fines and restitution. Now, it says the decision relates that the Fourth Amendment, a law overwhelmingly passed in November of 2018, which was a, 
a referendum of 65% of Florida voters approved of the amendment, which said former felons can vote in the state after they've completed the terms of their sentence. However, Florida voters spoke loud and clear when nearly two-thirds of them supported rights restoration in the ballot box, and that was in 2018. But the problem is they're going back and they're looking at it and saying that if individuals still owe fine and restitution, even though they've had their rights restored back to vote, they can't vote in the election. What is your take on that? That's like saying if you got a bill, you can't vote till you pay your bill. That doesn't make any wait. A minute, it doesn't make any sense. If you have a bill, you can't vote until you have paid the bill. Why? If you have been arrested, convicted of a felony, and you served your time in jail, right? In order for you now to be able to vote, you have to make sure that all of your fines and restitution is paid in full. Otherwise, you can't vote. Is that and why did they decide to do that? They're only doing that in Florida. And I'm looking oh. at something, and it indicates, it says, in regards to the 24th Amendment, ended the poll tax of January 23, 1964. Now, this was something that they tried to end in 1964. However, it says the United, the United States rectified the 24th Amendment to the Constitution, prohibiting any poll tax in elections, or federal officials. Now, they did that, but now apparently Florida now reinstated it, saying if you owe us money, even though you served your time, you still can't vote. That isn't that. And why is it only Florida then? Your guess is good as mine. <laughs> That's the scary part. That is the scary part. Because coronavirus is outraging right now in Florida? You know what? It makes you think. It really I mean, makes you think. I had surgery on the 15th, so I haven't caught up on the news yet. But So you're saying they just announced that? Yes. Yes, they just announced it. In Florida. Look it up. I'll talk to you. Now, today's topic, we're talking about defiance. And, you know, we look at kids' behaviors and we think about ODD and kids being oppositional and we say, oh, they're just kids, they're just teenagers. And, you know, even though when we look at the best-behaved children sometimes can be difficult and challenging at times, you know, when we start looking at a frequent or persistent pattern of anger, irritability, arguing, defiance, being vindictive towards individuals and others of authority, we would say that that person has ODD. But now we're not seeing it in only children. We're seeing it in adults. Let me log on. I have another caller calling in. Let me log on this caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments. How are you doing? Number ending in 09. Hi. Hi. Hi, Michelle. Okay. Now, when we look at it as a parent, you know, you don't have to do it alone. We try to manage children when we see children with ODD. And what happens is some of the symptoms, and this is coming from the DSM-5, which is published by the American Psychiatric Association, they list criteria for diagnosing ODD, which is angry and irritable mood, often an easy loses temper, is frequently touchy and easily annoyed by others, is often angry and resentful. Now, we talk about the argumentative or defiant behavior, often argues with adults or with people in authority, often actively defies or refuses to comply with adults' requests or rules, often deliberately annoys or upsets people, often blames others for his or her mistakes or misbehavior, and with the vindictiveness, is often spiteful or vindictive, has shown spiteful or vindictive behavior in at least twice in the past six months. ODD can vary in severity from mild, meaning symptoms occur only in one setting, such as in home, school, or with peers, 
moderate. Some symptoms occur in at least two settings or severe. Some symptoms occur in three or more settings. But like I said earlier, we are seeing it all over the world now. Any takes on that, Michelle? Ms. I'm going to say Michelle F. because I got two Michelles on the phone. Ms. F. Which, uh, which Michelle? I said Michelle with the F. Last name ending F. Starting F. Because I got two Michelles, okay. so we won't get confused. Okay. What is your take on that? When we talk about some of the symptoms that we oh, see I, in children that I, now we're seeing in adults. I mean, it's happening with my kids, and I have special needs kids, and it's happening mm-hmm. with—I I think it's happening with everybody right now, including adults, because of what's going on. Mhm. Yeah. Now you said because but, of what's going on, and when we say what's going on, we talk about what's going on all over the world. Even in Portland, they were seeing how there's so much protest still going on in in, in Portland, so now it's becoming a little bit unsafe. You know, you got people fighting with people, and, and and it's just, we're just seeing so much defiance, so much disobedience. And I mentioned when I was doing a Facebook Live where Oprah was interviewing um, um, Congressman John Lewis, and he was seeing how when he was growing up, how his mother kind of was concerned for him and was telling him, you know, you can wind up dead, you can wind up, you know, in jail, you could and he didn't like how things were going. So part of them protesting back then during the times with um, Martin Luther King, there was a disobedience, but the disobedience was for a good. Are we seeing this? Are people doing this for people's good? Or is it just out of control? Well, I don't think there, I, I think that really, I, people are angry about the whole situation. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I thought for a while it was going to stop, and then it seems like it started back up again. But I think my personal take on it is also when they're adding more stress back on to about this other stuff they're doing and what they're shutting down again and doing things, it's taking people's anger and they're focusing it back on, you know the the racism and the and they're going back to what makes them angry. Does that make sense? Yeah, we I do. It does make sense because I can see people projecting it. I was talking to someone today and they got frustrated and hung up the phone in my face. I laughed because I was like, oh, they gave me time to do something else. I got to do. I ain't worried about that because I didn't take it personal. If they want to be upset, so when we talk about Anger. Anger is an emotion, and it's a valid emotion. And yeah. sometimes when things is so close to someone, they don't know how to deal with complex emotions. Now, when we start talking about, and I'm going to go to the, they're talking about whether it should be a national mass mandate. And the president disagreed because apparently he feels people should know what to do, what not to do, but apparently they don't. And that could be part of a distraction because when we look at individuals projecting their behavior onto others, we look at individuals' defense mechanisms, a lot of times that is a distraction. Now, when we start talking about even with the mandate for masks, and I had a woman a couple of weeks ago talking about she was upset about having to wear a mask going through the drive through But if the mask is part of a way to try to reduce a Shut, cut, reduce the spread of the virus. Why can't we just do it? Just do it and see what happens versus fighting it. Because every day, Michelle, when I'm looking at the news, listening to the radio, our numbers are going up higher and higher and higher. So if we don't say shut it down, what do parents do? Put you on a timeout when you're acting up. What do you? What right. do your parents tell you when you're sick? Stay at home. People don't want to stay at home. Right. And they don't want to shut it down. They said the economy. The economy ain't going to do us so good if we all dead. So when does it get to the point to where we have to just say, you know what, I- I'm not going to fight over this no more. Let's just see what happens. And then maybe once the numbers go down, 
with individuals. Still the, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to ever go away. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm a therapist, and I'm talking to a lot of individuals, and I'm watching, and I'm listening to some of the things that they're saying, and some people are just totally out of control. But the bottom line is choose your battle. Choose your battle. Well, you know, and I want to say this. I was looking at the school teacher that was on television the other day. My daughter and I was watching her. And I believe one teacher died. She survived. My daughter was like, Mom, she looked like she didn't have a stroke. Mom, her face just looked twisted. She looked, you know, and people are seeing, and now they're not afraid of some, not all, because I don't want the COVID-19, but some are not afraid to, they going to parties, they hanging out at beaches, they want to go to bars, they want to have big parties. It's like, are you for real? Some people are just being totally defiant. But when I was looking at this lady who basically survived it, but I'm looking at the aftermath and the things she said she had to learn how to do all over again, to me, that was scary. I'm like, I don't want to play with that. Where's your take on that, Michelle F? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And if, you know, what what's happening is people are going and, you know, as soon as it started to go down, I mean, everybody started being more, more like normal. And so, and I, I mean, and everybody warned everybody if we didn't, follow the directions, it could come back. And sure enough, it's supposedly coming back. So I look at it like this. You know what? Like you said, if you if your kid's sick, you stay at home. If your kid get in trouble to do this, okay, well, if this is the rules and, and people are going out when they opened the beaches and they did all of that stuff and they didn't make sure that everybody did what they were supposed to do, they didn't find them, they didn't do this, and now they supposedly are, but, you know, I think they, they're going to need to leave it closed for a long time and make sure people are following through. I'm coming across people all the time and in the area that I live in that they're walking and stuff and doing stuff. They're still not, and, and I live in a gated area, but they're not wearing masks because they figure they're in their own development. They don't need to. But, and, and I understand why they feel the way they do. However, that is the rule or that is the law, so they That's need to oh. mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my ex-husbands. He called me from Mississippi, and he said that they were fining individuals. I think he said $300, and people were just taking a ticket like it wasn't nothing. That is just outright defiance and being disobedient. Who got $300 well, to pay for a ticket or $100 to pay for a ticket just because you well, want to prove that you not go wear no mask. But then, yes, you, I'm going to tell you a question that was posed to me, and this was a question, and this is not my idea, but this was a question. Because we're finding that a lot of individuals that are being defiant, a lot of individuals that want to break the rules, some of them are getting sick or their family members are getting sick. And someone said to me, well, hey, Jeanette, what if they did this? What if when individuals get sick, what if they just don't go to the hospital, stay at home, don't even bother? I said, well, you don't want to deny a person medical attention, but what if they go to the hospital and they've taken up all the beds? There's no beds. There's, we're running out of equipment, all of this stuff. But then they'll ask you, were you wearing a mask? Did you do this? And if you were defiant, what if you don't get the treatment that those that were doing the right thing did get it? Then people would be mad. Because individuals are being defiant until they get sick. Or they being defiant until they lose a loved one. There was a, one right. of the game shows. He was known, he had said something about, you know, not wearing a mask and not coronavirus, da 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 and his son contacted it. You know, they were talking about the president's um, son's daughter. I mean, not daughter. The president's son's girlfriend tested positive. You know, it's starting to hit closer and closer to home. I have clients that have told me that they tested positive, and I'm doing telehealth sessions. I'm like, I'm not going in the office face-to-face with people that I don't know. What I know, I have a compromised immune system. It's not 
that serious. So it's like, when are we going to get to the point to where we're going to stop fighting something that we should, we, we, ain't got, we can't fight this, not by ourselves. Now, I want to share some information, and then I want to hear your, your thoughts, Michelle, because I was going back into when we talking about old ODD, and if some of these individuals that are just being defiant, is this just who they are? This is just what they do. And if they just have, they just defy it by nature. Now, even though we talk about causes, there's no known cure cause for oppositional defiant disorder. Contributing causes can be a combination of inherited environmental factors, genetics, a child's natural disposition or temperament, and possibly neurobiological differences in the way the nerves and the brain function. Another one is environment. Problems with parenting that may involve lack of supervision, inconsistent or harsh discipline or abuse or neglect. Then we have the risk factors. Temperament. A child who has a temperament that includes difficulties regulating emotions, such as being highly emotionally reactive to situations or having trouble tolerating frustration, parental issues, a child who experiences abuse or neglect, harsh or inconsistent discipline, or lack of parental supervision, and other family issues, meaning a child who lives with parents or family discord or has a parent with a mental health or substance use disorder and environment. Oppositional and defiant behaviors can be straightened and reinforced through attention from peers and inconsistent discipline from other authority figures, such as teachers. And now we're seeing it not only with just teachers, but those that are in authority, of authority. Because, like I said, we're seeing it in the White House. We're seeing it in politics. We're seeing it in our jobs. We're seeing it in our homes and our communities. So it kind of made me want to put two and two together. It's like, is many of the individuals that are basically just want to break the rules, do they have a history of conduct disorder or oppositional defiant disorders? What would you want to say, Michelle F.? Well, you already know that I have a child that we went through that with before all this corona stuff started. So, um, you know, and, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you heard, if anybody heard about that. I don't know how old he was, but he thought the virus was a hoax and he had a party. Did you hear about that? A lot of people are doing that. They're having these corona parties. They have it for HIV, too. Yeah, he ended up dying because he thought it was a hoax, right? So, Mm -hmm. But he was the defiant and the oppositional defiant and all that stuff because I think, you know, I mean, the way things are, People can be there, you know, I mean, depending on what the parents are doing or how they are or what's going on or how everybody's handling it, I mean, you could end up, you're going to have that happen. And, you know, and it could, and like I said, you already know it happened to one of my kids with all the stress even before the virus started and mm-hmm. her mental health, that stuff. So what do you think is going to happen now with, I mean, with this? I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, like you said, I, it goes back to everybody's going to have to start listening and paying attention. And it may, if it takes one of, and this is terrible, but if it takes one of their loved ones or them getting sick and almost dying to get the point, then I guess that's what's going to happen. And yeah, that's but that too late because, like I said, this is not just dealing with COVID-19. This is dealing with a lot of life situations. Right now, it's just more of the COVID-19 because, you know, you got um, governors trying to sue mayors. You got the president doing and saying certain things and being rude and disrespectful. And when we start talking about even symptoms of opposition or defiant in adults at home, you know, we got individuals that are argumentative, and sometimes they argue over things that don't even make sense. It makes absolutely no sense. You, it's like people complain about their rights. You know, we got a right to go to the beach. I was like, where is that in the, in the Constitution? Or can't nobody tell me I'm grown, I can do what I want to do. 
Okay, but can you at least have some insurance? Or can you have enough money to bury yourself if you die? You know, the lady that yeah. stays with me, she asked me, she said, what's a makeshift morgue? I said, when they got, they ain't got enough places to put them bodies and they got to start putting them somewhere so they can keep them cool. This is ridiculous. And not only yeah. are individuals becoming argumentative, they're becoming unnecessarily hostile. This is turning into an all-right fight war. It's like, wow. So, and sometimes it's starting at home. And some of the things you see is individuals always have the need to win an argument, either with a parent or a spouse. And now it's like they win an are trying to win an argument with a government. They are, they continue to fight against what they call the man or authority figures in society. You know, they do things, even if they are cited for disorderly conduct by the police, they like they don't care. You know, you got individuals getting involved in, in, in broad walls, physical altercation in public. So <clears throat> some of the things that we're seeing, we have to do better. We really have to do better. And if they put people or if they shut it down, they got to do something. I don't want to see all of this stuff happening. Michelle, I was um, – Somebody had brought to my attention, I think it was in Texas, they said it was like 85 infants, I think, either tested positive or something. I don't know if they died. I don't want to misquote information. But there was something in Texas with 85 infants. Did you hear about about that one? Because kids are now being infected. No. I've heard so much stuff in the last, I mean, I started in the news, like I said, I had surgery on the 15th, and I had to have a coronavirus test before I went in, you know, and the Mm -hmm. first thing I was thinking, I'm going to go into the hospital, and then I'm going to come out positive, (laughs) because, you know, there's so much going on, but um, I didn't, I retook, I'm going to retake the test again, I mean, just because I'm going to, but no, I hadn't heard about that, but there's so much going on that I finally just decided, see, me, I, instead of being one of those people that wants to get into the middle of everything and fight with them, it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? No. You, you know how you have to tell you to choose your battle. <laughs> well, we already know that, don't we? I mean, you know, and I mean, I want to tell you something. You were talking about children with oppositional defiance, right? Well, guess mm-hmm. what? And I've been thinking about her a lot. And I, I haven't had a chance. I mean, I don't know how this, you can understand this because she is an oppositional defiant child. And I don't know how yeah. things are going now, the way things are. However, there's a review hearing for this child on the 24th. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like, but it's in appeals. They mm-hmm. violated her rights, and they violated my parental rights and my due process rights. By not having her testify and do what she needs to do, and they gave her all the help supposedly that they're giving kids with oppositional and adults or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know as well as I do, it didn't work out. I don't even know what's happening with this coronavirus. The worst thing I can think of is that God only helps hope is that she's not in the hospital, she's not in the hospital with the coronavirus and and all that stuff when it happens. You know, and wow. it's like sometimes, and you know, I lost family members that I'm almost I'm glad they're. I, as much as I'm grieving they're gone, I'm glad they're mm-hmm. not here during this because there is no way I would probably even go to the hospital or take them to the hospital because, one, like you said, people are fighting left and right. There's too mm-hmm. much going on. And a lot of people are going to the hospital, I think, for some things and then becoming mm-hmm. infected because there's other people at the hospital already infected. So, mm-hmm. you know, and... I don't know if some people are going to the hospital because a lot of people want to get the test done. And I heard they just opened up all these test sites again, new test sites, because yeah. one way to get the test done is to go to the hospital. Well, yeah. the so, they're not only doing tests in the hospital. I think they have mobile testing sites. People are getting tested in a lot of different places. I want to say some things that have just happened. And they got the gunman attacked home of a judge where a judge was son was shot Oh, I just heard about that. And they also said that she was a judge that was kind of involved in the Epstein situation, that case. In regards to when I was talking about Portland, what's happening is that the mayor is demanding that troops leave the city as the protests continue. 
because they are protesting in Portland, but now they're protesting, but they're fighting with individuals that the president sent over there, and they told them to leave. In regards to what I was saying about the um, 85 children, it was there was news about 85 children in, te- in Texas tested positive or for COVID-19. At first they were trying to say that the children under a certain age wouldn't be able to be infected, but we didn't know if they were asymptomatic, meaning that they can carry the virus to other people. You know, and now we're talking about opening up schools. So some parents are being defiant about that because they're like, I'm not sending my kids back to school knowing this stuff happening. And and I don't blame parents. Right. I wouldn't want to send my child back to school right now either with all of this stuff that is going on. So we have to well, you know, that- as, as mm-hmm. far as sending kids back to school, I mean, I understand why they don't want to send them back to school, but if they follow the protocol, why, my attitude is why can't they go back to school? But if nobody's going to follow the protocol, then they can't, and that's just hurting our kids. But then on top of that, the money that, you know, that's a whole other political thing they're sending out to everybody, but the education fund doesn't have, uh, doesn't have, they don't have the funds to, to do what's needed at school to keep everybody safe. And how they say that it's not going to affect kids, what do you mean it's not going to affect kids? If, it, if your immune system's compromised and you're younger or whatever, whether it's compromised or not, if, why, what is the difference between affecting the two-year-old and not affecting I don't understand that. That I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But as a previous nurse, a child is just as susceptible to things as adults are. Correct. But this is one of the things that they're seeing, and what they're um, what they're seeing is when you say nobody, it's not a, just a nobody. You got some individuals that are following the rules, but yet you have others that may not. But when you mix the two in regards to those that are doing it versus those that are not doing it, and the kids can't, they can't be responsible for what their parents are doing. You know, if you're a child right. and you're at home and your parents are hanging out at the bars or hanging out at the beaches or you guys are going to, you know, they're taking you swimming, you doing what your parents are telling you to do. So you don't know if you are taking it back to your teacher or to another student that may be in your class. That's where it becomes well, a problem. Okay, what were you going to say, Yeah. Um, that's like Alyssa School. They're saying some of them you can send, send it to her school if you want to do halftime or if you want your kids to stay, to stay home. See, if it was me, I would tell her to stay home because this whole uh, virus thing is real. And then you have to sign the paper that if she dies while she's at it, that you can't sue. And I'm going, what? Like, it's ridiculous. That's scary. That is very, very scary. If they're having, you mean you have to sign a paper? What school, I mean... All in California, I think they're not going back to school, as far as I know. But I'm not sure no, what some school places, some places about. they are. Orange County, Orange County had indicated the last I heard, and it may have changed. I think Santa Ana was saying that they were allowing, if you want to go, you can go two days a week, and then you can do online schooling. But some places, like Huntington Beach, they were like, they going back to school, no math, no social distancing. Wait a minute! Why? I heard they stopped that. They changed that. No. I heard no. that they did say, the last thing I heard, Santa Ana was closing down their schools. Mm-mm. Santa Ana said that they so can you, go two days a week, but all they can do online. They're not going five days a week. Huntington Beach has indicated they're going back, no mask, no social distancing. Oh, I didn't hear and that. The parents, that's, that's the parents in Huntington Beach, many of those parents, some are livid. Some are confused. Some are conflicted. Because you got to remember, there was a lot of protesting in Huntington Beach where CNN was out there, and they were, you know, wanting to fight for going to the beach. So they gave them exactly what they asked for. And now they're like, okay, bring your kids home. Come on now, give me them kids. Oh, so what yeah. is this thing signing? What are you talking about? You have to sign a waiver? Yeah, yeah. Sign a waiver. Yeah. 
so in case their kids get sick and die, they can't sue. Just like with the president when he was when he was having his rally, oh, 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 they had him sign a waiver. Well, they're making him sign a waiver. I was telling my kids not come back to school then. See, and that's what I want to do with my daughter. That's what I want to do with my daughter. It's it's crazy. No, you know what? And I'm down to where my kids are. You know, I've already I already heard they're not going to do distance learning. And I'm like, well, you know what? If they're doing distance learning, they're doing it. so I'm just resolving myself to the fact because it is a lot of stress and it causes a lot of hostility and anger with a lot of people. And I'm just uh-huh. like, you know what? Okay. Since we're having to homeschool them so far, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and you know what? Now, this is a thing. A lot of individuals are not used to homeschooling. Now, I'm looking, I just went online in regards to the Huntington Beach City School District, and in Orange County cases, they have confirmed 29,941 with 492 deaths in Orange County. And in regards Mm -hmm. to California, period, 391 confirmed with, I mean, I'm sorry, 391,538 with 7,600 and 94. Now, we know that the numbers are not totally accurate, meaning it could be more, but those are just the numbers that they got in regards to being reported. But when we're talking about just even with what they were talking about, and it says Huntington Beach School District, following Governor Newsom's announcement on Friday regarding conditions and restrictions to reopen public schools across California, including the release of California Department of Health COVID-19 reopening framework, will be advised the district is studying how this will impact the opening of the school district. Now, you said, Michelle, your daughter goes to school in Huntington Beach, in that area? Um, Huntington Beach. Yeah. And um, like I said, yeah. some of the parents that I spoke with, they um, basically was, was just, they were upset. They were really Wait, upset. you don't have to send your kid to school, though, do you? No, What's you the don't. What's the deal, Michelle? They're giving you guys an no. option? Yeah, they give us an option of either either you could go to school full time or you can go to half time or you can take the you can stay home and take the work home. And Phil does want he wants her to go to full time and I don't want Melissa going full time. I think it's dangerous and virus and everything. You know, but are they going to have to wear masks? Are they required they to wear masks? They're not making them wear a mask, uh, from my understanding. They said they don't have to. Okay, my yeah. understanding is that from second grade up, they are. But that, what I don't understand is you should be making all of them, and we already know little kids under second grade are not going to wear masks and keep them on okay. their face. Oh, but, so, I mean, it's in their best interest for them to go back to school. However, if you have to wave to, to me, like her, you know, I wouldn't want my kid to go back to school if I have to weigh her health between they're not going to wear masks. Okay. My daughter, I've been making, I make her wear the mask. She doesn't like it. I didn't think she'd wear it, but she knows she can't go nowhere unless she does it. So mm-hmm. finally, I mean, she's had to stay home long enough to figure out, gosh, I, I don't listen to my mom wear the mask. Okay. Everybody's wearing the mask so they don't get sick. Okay. And the people we are around wear a mask. Okay. Now, I, to be honest with you, I don't even know fully that that's going to contain everything because some of these masks, I don't think, I don't really know if they, you know, the ones at the hospital supposedly are quote unquote, what, uh, so that you don't get sick. Correct. But, you know, that doesn't mean you can't get sick. Correct. There, and no one said that it doesn't mean it's going to prevent you from getting sick. It's more of the spread. It's more of if right. someone cough on you, sneeze on you, you know, right. if you are around someone that you're exposed to. And, you know, because I've had individuals share that they know family members that tested positive, and instead of being quarantined for 14 days, they may have stayed in the house a couple of days and then went to the store. You know, they're just being outright defiant. Because it goes down to, and people try to say it's political, part of it is individuals just don't want to be told what to do. 
And that's well, like but when there's a, there, yeah, if there was a war going on, like they showed, I don't know, there was something about they showed uh, somebody sent me something on a YouTube. I don't know what it was, and I saw part of it. You remember when the war was going on? Everybody bunkered down, right? They all stay in or whatever. Well, I guess they're comparing this to like a war. So it's just a warfare. It's just so if they're gonna if you're gonna stay in and, and because they're shooting up and blowing the places up. Why don't you, I don't know, to me, I think you'd want to look at it, but I have the right to go out because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be stuck at home. Well, then, you know, you're taking a risk, but then if somebody gets sick, and like you said, and their their family or something gets sick, all of a sudden they're going to be like, you know, they should have made sure we did this or did that. You know what? Mm -hmm. And I heard that they're going to fine people four or $5,000. To me, they're in enough room in jail, but... You know what? If people don't care about the fines, then pick their butts up and throw them in jail. Mm-hmm. Let them send a few I'm days in jail or a week in jail. I'm looking, but, you, but, but the thing is this, if you start putting them in jail, and then you got individuals where they had the police department, many of the officers was exposed and tested positive. You got people in jail that's being tested positive in jail. You got a lot of stuff going on. Now, this is something that I saw, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it right now, and it was from Saturday, and it was on CNN. And they talk about Washington, D.C. President Donald Trump said he would not consider a national mandate on mask wearing in a new interview with Fox set to air on Sunday. When asked by Fox News, Chris Wallace, whether he would consider instituting a mandate, Trump responded, no. I want people to have certain freedom, and I don't believe in that. No. As part of the of a long hour sit down interview, Trump also said that he disagrees with the assessment by Dr. Robert Redfield, the director of the U.S. Center of Disease Control Prevention, who said at a news conference this week that if all of us will put on a face covering now for the next four weeks, six weeks, we could drive this epidemic to the ground. He said, I don't agree with the statement that if everybody wear a mask, everything would disappear. He didn't say disappear now. And he said, um, Trump said that Dr. Fauci said, don't wear a mask. Our Surgeon General, terrifically, ter- terrific guy, said don't wear a mask. Everybody was saying don't wear a mask. All of a sudden, now everybody's got to wear a mask. And as you know, masks cause problems too. With that being said, I'm a believer of masks. I think masks are good. Yeah, but see, but it goes back again to people believe that people should be able to do what they want to do. So we need leadership. We need guidance. When we start talking about disobedience, we need someone to instruct. But if no one is listening and they're doing their own thing, that's why these numbers are going up higher and higher and higher. That's where I see we're having a problem. Well, and that could be, and I'm not so, really just talking about a mask. I'm talking about saying, I thought mm-hmm. I thought Trump said everybody had to. The governor and Trump said they had to wear a mask. So you're saying now that no, he don't want to make it. Man, he don't want to mandate it. He don't want to make it a federal. Oh mandate. God! I swear to God, I heard it was mandated. I heard on Saturday or yesterday that it was mandated. You don't want to make to wear it. a mask out in public. He don't want to make it a national mask. Mandate. He disagrees. He's Ooh. giving the. They're gonna the president. They're going to be citing individuals. They're gonna, and that's where people are not on the same page. So because they're not the, on the, the same page, the governor wants it mandated. The governor wants it mandated, right? Correct. But the president is saying, I don't want to make it a national mandate. Now, why well, he wearing, he's wearing a mask now, isn't he? Who the president? Yeah. Well, because they're trying to get people to lead by example. Because there are states. So why doesn't he lead by are, example and make it mandatory? Well, that'll be nice. There are states where face covering are mandatory. And what I'm looking at is some of these states, which are Washington, Oregon, Nevada, California, Montana, Colorado. They got Kansas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, Alabama. Um, North Carolina, and and these are some of the states where it's mandatory. But it's funny because not in Georgia, not in Florida, not in Arizona. So it's like for real. 
So some of these places that are what you call the um, hot spots, they're not making it mandatory. So people are getting confused because they don't know what they're supposed to do. And it's falling back. Yeah, I, have a, I have a question in regards to, you know, this testing that's going on. My understanding is now now they're going to allow whoever to get tested. Is that true? They're going to do what? My understanding is now they're opening more testing so that people can get tested because of the asymptomatic, but that mm-hmm. you don't have to be showing symptoms to have it. Is that true? You don't have to show symptoms to have it. They've been said that. Um, when DL no, but I'm saying they're offering more te- They're offering to have more tests. Well, they're they bringing should. out more tests to be done. They should. They should. And they probably have to find different types of way of testing because some individuals were saying that they had a false positive, too. But the thing that I have, the trouble that I have, and this is Jeanette speaking, this is not coming from the CDC. Like I said, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a therapist. And I've been working with individuals with reducing their anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with what you consider the adjustment disorder because individuals are trying to learn to live a new lifestyle is when you know that you see that people are dying, why am I going to worry about whether the number is three or whether the number is five? Even if it's one, I'm going to be like, I'm going to take that into consideration. So individuals are seizing on certain things that they're finding to find a a discrepancy in, and they're using that as part of why we shouldn't do it. But it goes back to, and I said before on some of my other shows, I remember when my mother had breast cancer, my mother wore a mask. When people came to visit her, she had on a mask because she said, I'm not going to let nobody get me sick, and I'm already sick. You know, she couldn't give cancer to nobody else because you can't pass it that way. But she didn't want nobody coming in with a cough, a cold, the flu. She she was like, "Uh uh-uh. When you go to the nail shop, they wear a mask. When you are at the doctor's office, the dentist's office, they've always covered up. I don't understand what the big deal is and why individuals are being so adamant and resistant to wanting to just, hey, let's see if we can slow the spread down. Why we got to be so hard? Well, you know what, Jeanette? They did slow the spread, and then they opened everything back up, and look what happened. Yeah, but look at how much pressure they was putting on people to open things back up. People were complaining. They were well, fighting. They were, I know. Were, well, and now that well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So mm. they need to do it longer than four or six weeks or eight weeks, and they need to keep doing like it that. because I, I like it's that. Not gonna I, you, close, you know what? It's not going to close in four or six weeks, okay? Because after four or six weeks, you're going to go back and doing the same crap you were doing before. You're going to start it again. So why don't we just plan on doing this to the end of the year or until we have no COVID test positive again, okay? Because it's like living in warfare, okay? If they put a bomb outside and say, I'm going to blow it up and you're going to die if you go outside because it's gas, you're not going to go outside, Right. So why do people look at it that way? But oh, they don't oh, want to look at it that way. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Michelle. Some people will still go. Some people will still go. I'm, well, you know, you know what? Then rest in peace. <laughs> I can tell you, rest you know, in peace. You know what, Michelle? It's funny you said that. I can remember, I, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, I think it was in Texas, some alligators got out, and people were still going out. <laughs> you know it's alligators roaming the neighborhood. Keep your butt in the house. You know, so... It's, oh, it's I know. Crazy. In Florida, that happened. You know, at one of those nice resorts, that happened to, to a little kid. The parents mm-hmm. didn't watch him, and an alligator ate him up. Mm-hmm. So, so but be, you know what? Be. If you can't think, and, and you need to sit back and think, and getting upset. Like, I'm like, I'm starting to get upset about how stupid people are being. <laughs> but you know what? Well, it's like, you know what? I don't even talk to him. It's like when I ask him if you're a Trump like, I'll tell you what's wrong about a dating site, okay? I don't know why they have a dating site still up, okay? Because how are you supposed to meet somebody if you're COVID or whatever? But if you're a Trump supporter, if you don't like Trump or you aren't a Trump supporter, whichever, it's to each his own, okay? I'm not going to talk politics with you. I'm not going to talk religion with you, okay? Let's just deal with the coronavirus, okay? You might love Trump to death, okay? Right now, all I care about is that I'm getting healthy, okay? Mm-hmm. And if... If Trump is 
being one way and the other one being somewhere else. I mean, you know, if they're all sitting in their wheels fighting with each other instead of focusing on, hey, why don't we just – so I don't – why is Trump not making a mandatory? He finally woke up and smelled the coffee and put a damn mask on. Well, why part of it make is – mandatory for six months and then let's see what happens? What's it going to hurt? Well, that's true because it's kind of going against and people fight and it goes back to being defiant. It goes back to um, basically challenging authority. It goes back to wanting to be right at all costs. It goes right back to what I was talking about when we talk about oppositional defiant behavior. Here's another one. Disney World is now open. If you've got all this going on, why are you going to take your kids and your family to Disney World? Do you know how many calls? Disney World's open, but you know if you go to the airport, and if you fly, I'll give you an example. I have a friend who's here visiting from Jamaica. Okay, mm-hmm. she's scheduled to land in Miami and take a connecting flight. Mm-hmm. They will not let you take a connecting flight out of Miami or anywhere in Florida without a clearance, travel authorization paper, and a negative coronavirus test. But they'll let mm-hmm. you go to Disney World. That is really <laughs> stupid. I mean, come on, right? They're going to let you again anywhere where they want you to get on a damn plane. <laughs> oh, God. And so she, she's like, I said, if we don't get this test done, you're going to get, you know, and her, her auntie didn't believe us. Guess what? She got stuck in Miami. Wow. I said, so, and it's not just happening in Miami. It's happening at other Arab airports. And then they're opening. You see California opening all their Disneyland? No. You see, why is Florida, and Florida's being hit hard, and they're opening Disney World? Yeah. I, I don't know. And I'm looking at something else. It says, the customer is always right, except oh. they don't wear a mask. Now, you got individuals that are purposely going into stores knowing they see a sign that says mandatory mask or mask required. No shoes, no shirt. I mean, no shirt, no no service. But they still trying to be defiant. It's like yeah, choose yeah. your battles. I got something I want to see you too, Michelle. When we get off the phone, my daughter had sent it to me, and it was about uh, <laughs> I don't know if I sent it, I don't think I sent it to you, but I am going to send it to you. But it was hilarious. It was funny when it comes to stuff like this. But the thing is, and the bottom line is, we have to do better. Now let's talk about some positive ways that we can try to get individuals to to change their mind about some things, not tell the person what to do. And I'm going to say I do this even as a therapist. I don't tell people what to do. I try to get them to think. Because if I get you to think, you might do something different. You know what, What Jeanette, that's perfect. That's perfect. How about this? You know, my daughter, she wants to be, not to change your subject, but real quick, she wants to be a greeter. I'm thinking about okay. taking her in her wheelchair with her mask on. I'm going to go get a whole bunch of masks and have her hold a sign, and she will say, can you save my life and save your child's life by taking, mm-hmm. my, taking this mask? Okay? Mm-hmm. If the people wow. can walk into the store and pass that, they're really opposition defiant bullshit. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, so that's what I'm thinking. I mean, so that when you start doing your shirt right, you're talking about thinking. You've got to think outside the box. And so, yeah. and you know what my daughter would say? If they said, no, thank you, she'd say, you don't want to save a life? Because I'm going to teach you to say it. And I'm going to ask Target or Walmart, or can I do this? When you get people to think, you can get them to change. It's like I was saying, I was in Compton right. yesterday, and Ryder kept getting in trouble. And every time, mm-hmm. he knew exactly what he was doing. But he kept challenging Tisha and kept challenging Tisha, knowing he was going to get in trouble, just being defiant for no reason. And I had to sit back and stay out of it. And I asked Tisha, I said, is he always like this with you? She said, no, he's worse when you were around. I don't know if it's to get my attention. I don't know if it's to see yes. if I'm going to bail him out. You should, you should know that, Jeanette, after going through it. My kids, it's to get I your know. attention. I, I know, it's to get my attention, and I don't get in the middle of it. And I, I, I was like, Ryder, why are you doing this? Why are you 
you know, and and, he, and I will talk it out with in his brain just to figure out what are you thinking if you know what the result is going to be. So, like I said, we got to go back to getting people to think, not what you feel, not I don't want to be told what to do, not that I'm in a house, I'm bored. Just think about it. And like you said, even if you don't want to save your life, save somebody else's. Right, and that's why I said something about what I said. That's why I said, I think if I just take my daughter, you know, and especially because she's in her wheelchair, I don't know if that'll make a difference, but you know what? And I hate to say that, but if that will get them more to their attention, then listen, okay? And if she'll say, you know, hey, here, and here's the mask, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know what? Then I'll get the news out there, okay? And the news will come and say, look at this mother and this child, this disabled child. You want to start, a, you want to start talking about stuff, making people feel like, I mean, I don't know. Start thinking, thinking, you know, just be thinking. But just like you said about your, you know, writer, the way he's acting, oh, he's worse when you're around. You know how I get the same thing, right? It's worse mm-hmm. when, I'm my do- when I'm around. Okay, well, and then this morning, my daughter was doing this like with writer. Okay, well, something, and she wasn't going to go. I finally said, you know what? And I looked at my grandma's and said, don't say another word to her. I said, bye, Brianna, we're leaving. She goes, no, don't leave me, don't leave me, right? She's in her pull-up and her, and her top, no pants on. I took her socks, her shoes, her pants, put them in the car, and said, you know what? You can get dressed in playgroup. You can get dressed at your little school because she goes to a special. I do send her when there are other kids there. There's only like six mm-hmm. other kids because of their special needs. Now, people have challenged me about that. But I, I do, the, the staff wears the masks. I mean, I, I do feel confident that it's important in my kids to get some kind of socialization, and it's a small group. Now, if something happens, something happens because it could happen anywhere. But Correct. the point is, is that her behavior was like, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to do it. So you have to just ignore it. Okay, forget it. So I said, you're going to put your pants on when we get there. No, my friends will. I don't care if your friends do you or not. Okay, Correct. let's go. Well, you can like leave, said, whatever. So I, it goes back again. That's just that. It, it's just it the way it is because. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, Michelle. Some individuals just have oppositional defiant disorder. Like I said, I remember well, when they, they also, or if they're bored, if they're bored mm-hmm. and they're just angry at the world, and they're like mm-hmm. my daughter's now when I mentioned about school. I'm not going back to school. I'm going to my, I call it a play group. Okay, it's kind of like mm-hmm. school. It's a little school for, you know, dis- severely disabled children. Okay, now, um, you know, do they, and they would wear their masks, do they have to wear their masks or whatever? You know, that's fine. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm blessed to have it because right now I probably be crazy too, you know, with my kids. And I don't know what they, if, if they didn't get to go, go to this. But mm-hmm. the fact is that the opposition of the fine behavior has actually increased since mm-hmm. all of this has started. Correct. And it's just well, going to get worse. But I'm, I don't can. know why they just don't it make can. it mandatory. It can't. But we're going to hope that individuals will, if you are out there and you are rebelling, if you have a strong conviction of what you're not going to do, think about why you're not going to do it. And think about if you thought and you did something differently, what would the response and the reaction be? You know, because a lot of times individuals have said, I'm not doing this. Can't anybody tell me what to do? You go listen to somebody. This is not just a political issue because we're seeing that politicians are also testing positive with COVID-19. We see that individuals And, Jeanette, I don't mean to be – Jeanette, I'm sorry, Jeanette. I have another meeting I have to go join. Okay, no problem. When we start talking Thank about you. rebelling, you're welcome. Blaming others, having a strong dislike for authority, feeling misunderstood or disliked, it's not about whether people like you or not. Right now, we have to go into survival mode and do what we have to do to survive. That don't mean go hoarding toilet tissue. That don't mean go buying up all the water. All we're asking and what's required now is that we do what we have to do as we are all responsible for ourselves and our behavior, and we have to do better. So I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Tomorrow is Tuesday, and that's what we do from the segment to the cop, from the 
pulpit to the couch where you receive biblical teachings from myself and someone in ministry or that is basically affiliated with a church or in leadership. And we're going to be talking about disobedience because not only are individuals being defiant, they are outright being disobedient, even to your higher power. So, again, if you want to join the show, join us at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. If you want to call in, give us a call, 516-387-1914. And thank you, Michelle, for joining the show. I appreciate you, too. Okay? Bye-bye. All right, and until next week or tomorrow, remember, you got this, but also, when we know better, we do better. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.